Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, today, joined by just two of the boys, Thacker and Kyle. And today we are talking about what we all three, I think, unanimously believe is the surprise game of the year thus far. And I think it's going to be really hard for any game to top this. And that's Metal Hellsinger. So, Kyle... I start with you on this one because I know that you're a really, really big Doom guy. I know that Doom Eternal, when it came out, that was one of your favorite games of 2020. In fact, that was one of the first games that we talked about on Side Mission to begin with, which is kind of funny going all the way back. It's crazy how we're still going over two years later. I don't know how we haven't been canceled yet. But (laughs) Metal Hellsinger, when we first saw it revealed, it looked a lot like a Doom clone. And I feel like if you play this game you know that calling this game a Doom clone is is an oversimplification of this game's mechanics as a first-person shooter with rhythm-style combat. So, Kyle, I'm going to let you take the lead on the combat here. I think this is the best combat we've seen in a first-person shooter since Doom Eternal, but I'm, I'm curious to hear what your take on it was because I know you really loved this game. Oh, yeah, this game was a lot of fun to really kind of experiment with. Um, It was... I don't play a lot of rhythm games. Same. (laughs) It was very new to me. Um, This is definitely one that I think we kind of branched out on, but I'm I'm glad we did. I enjoyed, you know, the... I I know it's cliche, but I enjoyed the rhythm of the game because... It felt like everything from environment to movement to, you know, obviously the gunshots, reloading, everything went with the music, and it was so well done. I had a lot of, you know, skepticism when I first saw this announced because, like you said, it did look a lot like a Doom clone. Yes, it did. Honestly, I think the only thing that really you could say is, you know, ripped from Doom would be, you know, the way that you hold the guns, you can't aim down the sights, like you'd kind of just, you know, point and shoot. But, I mean, outside of that, Doom wasn't the first game where, you know, you're fighting demons. It's not going to be the last game. So every first-person shooter game, just because you can't aim down the sights, automatically shouldn't be, you know, compared to Doom because this game felt very different it had you know a very different story there were vastly different settings you know and i really enjoyed how you know every single gun felt almost op like there wasn't one i i, I think each they person viable, kind yeah. of yeah each each person will definitely have their ones that they favor but it's not like there were you know one or two guns that were necessarily bad you know well, I think what Everything I loved, just to add on to that, I think what I loved was all three of us played very, very differently. And I love that a game, when a game can do that with its weapons, that's a really, really good thing. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's like this game really just pulled a lot out of its ass, to be honest, because of the simple fact of surprising episode. We got to see a little bit of it. Um, what was it? Say to play, something like that. It was. It was. No, wait. Was it the Xbox event we saw this game first? I can't remember. It might have I been. I think so. It was on Game Pass. I think that that was the Xbox event. Yes. That was back when we were all disappointed about summer games, and Xbox came out of nowhere and won. Yeah. You know the summer. 
Like, honestly, yeah. the game came out of nowhere. It looked fantastic. Yes. But it, again, as you guys said, it looked like, and we all made this joke, Doom the Musical for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we all said uh, that. Like, it was one of those where I didn't really know how to feel about it, but I, I know I wanted to try it. And I'm glad I did. Um, I definitely have now found a new metal band to be listening to. It, so I have a question. Has there ever been a game in this kind of style with like rhythm combat with as a first-person shooter? Because I feel like this is very unique. Am I wrong in saying that? I don't think that any first-person shooter rhythm game has ever been done on this level, I can say. Yeah. Uh, there may be one or two out there, but not not one that I have seen. Definitely not one that I think has been um, really... I, I don't want to call this game mainstream, but it had more mainstream audience attention, if that makes sense. No, I, I get what you're saying, and I think you're right there. I don't know. I just... I, I feel like the concept of this game is very, very unique. I know, again... We talk about Doom Clone, or we talk about Doom the Musical, as Thacker put it. I mean, it, it's very... I feel like the, Doom is one of those video games that, as great as, you know, I think the Doom reboot and Doom Eternal, as great as I feel like both of those games were, I feel like those games sometimes get oversimplified down to, oh, you're just pointing and shooting demons, and not really much of a story. But the, the gameplay is a lot deeper than just that. You know, the, the gameplay is... is it's very, it's very tight. It's very, you can't really play dumb in those games and survive because the difficulty in those games ratchets up, and I think it does here as well. So the gist of this game is just, you know, you have that meter on screen that shows the beats of the music, and you're trying to time your shots on the beat to do as much damage as you can. It's how you build up combos, how you build up fury, and I think that what we all remarked upon, and in fact, I'll let you, because you said you have something to add. I'll, I'll let you add after I get onto this. I love that the more you build up that fury, the more intense the music gets, the more instruments get added, and then when you get to the max level, it adds vocals. I feel like that's really deep and in-depth. Oh, most definitely. I think the only other rhythm games I can even think of for first-person shooters um, and I'm not even 100% sure if they're truly first-person shooters, but um, Bullets Per Minute was one. Yes. Um, yes. That came out back in 2020. Um, the other one, I think it was, uh, like, I think we got a glimpse of it for a gun jam. That sounds familiar. That does sound familiar. Yeah, I feel, like I've heard, I feel like I've heard that before. So, I mean, it, it was one of those, uh, those two games, even, even if Gun Jam was, is one that we're not, that we don't have yet, even mm-hmm. still Bullet Per Minute kind of brought that into it, whereas now we have Metal Hellsinger and just phenomenal uh, continuation for beat games. Yes, I 100% agree. There, there's a lot to like about this game. So let's talk a little bit about our play styles. I know that I, for the most part, was rocking like the double pistols. I, I rocked that for the most part. And then I think my secondary... God, I'm trying to think because I used a couple weapons. I think I used the crossbow. That was that was my secondary as well. I just loved having a, a weapon that could do AoE damage. 
And I just felt like against some of the bosses that that was very, very useful. Against some of the enemies, especially the enemies that had shields, I guess I just felt like that was, you know, helpful. I don't know. But I know that, like, Kyle, you used the shotgun, I think, and I was impressed with how far and how how good you got at the game using that because I had a really hard time with the shotgun. So I, I was really impressed with what you were able to do with it. Yeah, I think the shotgun was actually, like, the first weapon you get. Yes, it uh, is. Which I, I, honestly, when I was listening to the music, that's the weapon I went to the most because I felt like when, you know, you were shooting, you could get in this rhythm of, you know, when you shoot, you cock the gun, but it's in the rhythm of the music. So I would, you know, shoot it, he would cock it, and then you could shoot again and keep hitting the beats. Yes. And so that's just why I ended up sticking with it so much is because it was so easy for me to, like, you know, just kind of stay in the rhythm based off of the physical cues I was getting from, you know, watching him reload with the rhythm and then aim the I gun I was going to say that, yeah. It, I thought it was really cool how all the reload animations went with the beats as well. I loved that. Yes. That was pretty awesome. And also uh, a small thing that I liked was how um, when you're reloading – you could get a quick reload by pressing square on, you know, the timing with the music during the reload. Um, but when it comes to the weapons, there was one thing that I think, having some time away, I've kind of noticed that I don't want to say is a negative, okay. but it, it's a little bit of a downfall. The sword... And the skull weapons. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of forgot spent. about those. I'm not gonna lie. Yep, I just didn't touch them after the very first level because, like, every gun I got was so much better. Like, they were cool weapons, but you know, I just after after getting all the guns, they kind of felt useless, you know. And so, if they were to, you know, possibly make a sequel, I would like to see them somehow in, incorporate those. Um, a little bit more, a little bit better, so that way they, you know, don't feel this useless. I guess. I, I feel that. No, like you're right. Like Paz and Terminus were uh, being Paz the skull and Terminus the sword. They were cool tutorial weapons. Um, to put it best, in my opinion, I think the two that I stuck with the most. Um, going on the rhythm of the music was definitely the hounds being the double pistols. Um, I definitely enjoyed how even with the quick reload, it it kept you on rhythm better. So that was definitely my go-to weapon. I, other than that, I I was kind of partial between either the Hellcrows being the double scythes. Those were um, cool. I liked those. One was because of their ultimate, and the other was because even if you missed your shot, you had a chance of hitting it again because they, they came right back to you, and they took care of shields easy. So it was either the Hellcrows or, again, with uh, Kyle Persephone being the shotgun. The reload animation for it was great, and the fact that the reload stayed on beat with the songs it it was just brilliantly executed yes um i i think the only thing i can really think of is like 
I don't know very many big names that were with this game other at all. Rusty, do you or Kyle? Uh, well, there is one pretty big voice actor that voices Paz. You know, we mentioned the sword, Terminus, that... I, I, before I move on, I, I do want to say Terminus, despite the fact that we didn't use it, the ultimate ability on that thing is fucking awesome. What was it? Oh, it, it's just you literally... It's just a ton of slashes in a row. Like, the beats essentially triple in speed. And you literally just spam, you know, R2. And it's almost impossible to get off B with it. It's really freaking cool. Like, I loved it. Like, it was a really cool one. But Paz, see, the skull Paz, you know, despite the fact that I didn't use it, it's a, you know, Paz plays a really big role in this game. And what I didn't realize until I looked it up was Troy Baker voices Paz. And after a while, I recognized Troy Baker. I mean, he's one of my favorite voice actors, if not my favorite. You know, he's done things like Joel from The Last of Us, Joker and Arkham Origins, Booker DeWitt and Bioshock Infinite. You know, he's done so many big roles. You know, uh, Simon Krieger in Spider-Man Miles Morales, and he's the main villain in Death Stranding. He's done so many big roles that I guess seeing him in a game like this, that can we call this an indie game? Because it's not really main, like a big mainstream game. Is this Does this qualify as an indie game to y'all? I think it kind of does actually this is it's in that weird spot where it's like not necessarily triple a but it's not also like a complete indie it's like in that weird space right. in between yeah like an indie with triple a funding <laughs> yeah kind of i mean because a lot i think a triple a game this size would have been a lot more than eight gigabytes in download file as a download file yeah but oh, yeah but troy baker oh go ahead my bad thacker oh i was just gonna add like for one, the engine they used was Unity. And yeah. yes, I've seen some really cool things come out of Unity. But for something like this, with this much in-depth coding, that was incredible that Unity was able to hold up to that. The fact and, that they pulled yeah, this off with Unity, yeah. Yeah, like, and on top of that, like, Outsider, like, the Outsiders developers, like, they're, I know they're not, like, the biggest name, but... I wouldn't call this AAA. I'd, I'd lean more with you on it being kind of an indie-style game. Yeah, it, it, it certainly has that feeling. Again, it's kind of in that weird in-between zone where, I like how Kyle put it, it's, it's an indie game with AAA funding, and I think that that's true because uh, I think Troy Baker absolutely kills it in this game. Like, I loved his performance. It reminded me a lot of, uh, of a certain Overwatch character, uh that that we all we all know and love a certain cowboy who loves uh high noon but i I really thought that troy baker absolutely nailed this role and i think he's the best performance in this game this game doesn't have a ton of voice acting though like your character never speaks so like the the main premise of the game is you know you're I, i really don't even know what to describe the main character as this is kind of one of the one of the story's shortcomings is you know it's not incredibly um, an incredibly memorable story, but you're essentially trying to find your voice and you're going through all of these different hells trying to you know claim parts of your voice from these aspects of the Red Judge and it you know it, it's a really it's a really interesting story because I I don't think there's more than two like it feels like there's only two voice actors in this game. Like, am I am I wrong on that? No, there's a couple of other like uh, smaller roles. But like, but two, as far as like main characters, it feels like it's just yeah. Paz and the Red Judge. Am I am I tripping or no? I think yeah, I think that's I think that's all it is. And you know, for 
for what it's worth, this game was it was forty dollars. Yes. There was no deluxe edition. There was no you know season pass DLC any of that. It's just forty bucks, and that is one thing that I think definitely deserves praise. As short as this game is, as small as this game is, they didn't charge sixty for it. Yes. Or even seventy for the PS Five version with DualSense features and everything. They charged forty bucks, and that was one of the things that also made me want to get this on PlayStation. It is on Game Pass for free. However, I chose to buy it on PlayStation because the DualSense functions were a lot of fun to use. Shooting the guns felt so great. And I really enjoyed how this game looked as a whole. Yes. For a small game, you know, especially a a rhythm first-person shooter... You know, it's not really that popular. And it looked really, really good. I was thoroughly impressed. I don't think that this was necessarily next-gen quality, but, you know, I wasn't looking at this thinking, what the fuck? Is it, am I playing Saints Row again? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I love that. it it looked good though. I I gotta say, uh, all around, I think that this game is worth the money. However, them bringing it to Game Pass is a big plus. Oh, one hundred percent, it is. That is a big win for this game being on Game Pass as well. Uh, I also like the. I I don't know if I guess I can't really call them cutscenes. I like the cinematic art style too. That's something that really grew on me yes. as I kind of oh, had my had my time to kind of sit and wait on this episode. Like I really came to appreciate the the, the kind of, that kind of graphic art style for the different cinematics. And, like again, I mean this this game clearly isn't a triple A game, so it doesn't have that complete triple A funding. And I think that that maybe is one of the compromises they had to make was that they couldn't really have full cinematic cutscenes. But the cinematics they do have are really really well designed, and the art the art in the game is really good. Love the level design as a whole. Um, I, I think the critique for this game is very, very min- minimal, but let's stay on the art style for a second, Thacker. I know that was something you loved from the jump. Oh, it was beautiful. Like, you you got a different sense of how each of these hells looked. Um, and the fact that each different hell had its own uh, different take on what it looked like, the not only the graphics within it and the art style while playing the game, but the cutscenes having that kind of like mural-esque style look to them that you would see at a museum or something. Like, it really yeah. looked beautiful. And it was one of those where you can't take away from the game without at least experiencing that and seeing the new looks of these different levels of hell that are in just new light at that. Um, I think my biggest thing with it was it gave you a sense of, at least for me personally, it gave me more willingness to follow and pay attention to the story instead of just having pure cutscenes like we see on most uh, AAA titles. Y'all want to know something? I was thinking about this game earlier, kind of thinking about the points I wanted to touch on. You want to know what I think is really cool that they kind of hit under our noses the entire time in this game? How many levels are there in this game? Nine. How many circles of hell are there? Nine. 
There's Not nine. Yet. Like, <laughs> I, I think, I think, and I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know if that was maybe explained, and maybe I'm just a doofus who missed it. But I mean, we we we, we kind of talk about the length of the game a little bit because you know it's a relatively short game. It's not very long. It's you know, it's kind of one of the, again one of the compromises you make on a forty dollar game. It's not going to be forty dollar games are not typically going to be twenty five thirty hour odysseys or whatever. Um, I really think that is kind of unique about how all of the nine levels are pretty different for the most part, and there are nine circles of hell. So. Uh, let's go ahead and get into what little critique we do have of this game, because as it's very, very clear by now, we all love this game. We all think that this game is awesome. Um, I, I do think, I do wish there were slightly more weapons. And maybe that goes hand in hand with the length of the game, because, you know, I think you find the last episode, or the last episode, sheesh, I'm tired. You find the last weapon, I want to say I'm like the fifth level. Am I am I right on that? It's it's somewhere around that time. I believe so. Yes. And, yeah, I think it's yeah. the fourth or fifth level. Yeah, it's something like that. I don't know. I guess I wish there was maybe three or four more weapons to add to that variety. I like the variety we got. I guess I just wish for a little bit more. Um, and with that, my biggest critique of this game, um, the boss battles. I do think. The boss battles, despite being in some really breathtaking arenas, like especially the second to last level, my favorite arena in the game by far. Like those those two big like gear sh- like gears looking platforms that are shifting and lifting and are moving around and it's on top of water and you can't be in the water and you know that you're fighting that aspect and it, it's just a really really cool arena, but there's not a lot of variety in the boss fights. So, Kyle, I'll let you take it from here. Um, just kind of give me your basic critiques of this game. I know, again, we, we like a lot of this game, but there are some things that definitely could be improved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. I think with a game like this, especially seeing the enemy variety and, you know, all the different ways you can go about, you know, taking down your enemies, especially, like, with, you know, um, the takedowns. And that was another thing that this game, I think... You know, people want to say it kind of ripped from Doom was the takedowns, but also it made sense because it went with the rhythm of the music. So it yes. was almost like a a cinematic, you know, a short cinematic scene. Um, you know, when you when you've got a lot of creativity like that, seeing the same boss fight over and over really kind of stumps you because it's like, you know, I see where you're putting in 110 percent over here, but why did I get literally just the same boss with different attacks all the way up until the end? And the final boss fight was awesome. I thought the final boss fight yes, was really cool. Really you know, cool. I'll, I'll, you know, let Thacker talk about that. But the rest of the bosses were just kind of the same. And I, you know, I got to say, I was a little disappointed by that. The arenas were definitely cool. Yes. Um, it's it sucks because like you know I I I want to love everything about this game but that was one thing I think that I just really I don't want to say I I didn't enjoy but by the time I got to like the fourth one I wasn't surprised with what I was seeing I was like oh, I I know I'm about to fight you know let's just get this over with kind of thing and the first and second boss you know I was like whoa you know who am I gonna go against and um another critique that I have is definitely the lack of um quantity in weapons yes 
I would like to have had maybe one weapon for each level. You that know, been I cool. think. Yeah, I I think that there was especially when you know the sword and paz are not as useful as the rest of the weapons. You're really limited to you know what four or five five weapons something like that yeah and that's not really a large you know amount of uh experimentation you can do in a game that seems to pride itself on it i mean the whole game was experimental like this is very very you know unique and i've got to praise them for that but i would have liked to see more you know weapon variety or even if they were to you know drop some free updates add a couple more levels you know you could give a couple more weapons um another thing i thought was cool was the torments i was gonna they add were... that because i feel like that adds a lot of replayability to the game yes i think that it was cool that they didn't just send you back through the same level but with you know harder stipulations it was an arena and you had specific objectives to do and none of them were really too hard um i beat all of them after like i would i would beat the level and then i just do all three of the trials and i beat the game with all of the trials done in about two days um but after doing all of that i felt like you know there also could have been a little bit more variety in the trials because while i enjoyed that i wasn't just playing the same level over and over again i you know by the time I, because there are three trials for each level, by the time I got to the, you know, fourth level, I was a little tired of just, you know, sitting in arenas and killing enemies over and over in different ways. I would have liked maybe some different objectives to do or maybe some, you know, maybe linear levels, short, short linear levels and not just an arena. I don't know. I, I, I love this game for what it is, but... It definitely has a, a couple of shortcomings. I I can agree. Um, one of which that kind of, and I know earlier in this episode I kind of praised um, two others, the main artist group behind the music on this. I wish there was just a little bit more variety of music in this. Granted, I it was really cool to see this band collab with some really big names for metal um you had like randy blythe who is from lamb of god literally in like one of the first songs for the entire game um you've got uh michael uh michael stan from dark trinity uh oh, i'm having a stroke here uh <laughs> tranquility um from dark tranquility it was really amazing to see this one that um, I know all of us have heard of this band, um, but believe it or not, they got Surge from System of the Down for one of the songs in this. Oh, that's cool. Um, it was it was the song uh, No Tomorrow. I think that was the. Uh, 
Yeah, it was the final boss fight. When we did the final boss fight, I noticed that because I was like, yo, that Surge Tanky from System of a Down. I know his voice right. anywhere. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> like, no, it was, it was really cool to see Two Feathers collab with some of these really big names. And they even had their own song in the game as well, being the song The Hellsinger. I thought that was cool. Again, personally, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more variety with the music. Um, and as, as we have all touched up on, I want, I really wish there was more variety with weapons. Uh, yeah. the weapons we got fantastic design, great use, but again, having that sick, those six weapons, two of which you only really use in the tutorial in the first level. I wish there was just more for it. Yeah. I wish they would have incentivized those a little bit more. I know there's a trophy for both Paz and for the sword, but I guess I wish they also would have incentivized those a little bit more because the sword, for example, you always have that equipped. It forces yep. you to go into every level with that equipped. And Terminus is a really, really, really cool weapon. I guess that just sometimes I really forgot that it was even there. And considering how much they harp on it in the beginning, you know, I don't know. I, I just felt like at some point, at some point... I just really forgot that it was even there. I will say, the biggest hate th way that I can praise this game is that I was really worried early on that I would spend most of my time playing it staring at, like, the the beat bar. You know, I, like, you know, trying to make sure I hit those beats properly. And the, the way I know this game ex executed its plan and its game style perfectly is, be is because of the fact that I learned eventually to just listen to the beat of the music and not even look at the bar. And I think that if a game if, if a game like this can pull that off to where you can eventually learn to not be staring at one part of the screen and to instead, you know, focus on the beat of the music and learning that way, I feel like this game executed its its style perfectly, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, I I do think that there is absolutely a desire for more content, but as Kyle, as you've pointed out, and we've talked about this a lot. I don't think that the desire for more content is coming from a place of, oh, what we got wasn't enough. It's coming from a place of, we really liked what we got. We want more now. Thankfully, this game looks like it's setting up for a potential sequel, and it 100% earned it, 100% deserves to get a sequel. I hope that we see that relatively soon. It probably won't be until 20, late 2023 at the earliest. I would say probably 2024. But I do hope that we get a sequel to Metal Hellsinger because this was a really, really, really good game. Definitely the biggest surprise of the year so far. So that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for this episode of Side Mission. As we've pretty much talked your ears off about already, we're now no longer just on Spotify. We are on everywhere where you get your podcasts. Just make sure when you search Side Mission Podcast... Do not click on the one that says 94-7. That is from the older days of Side Mission. You want to look for the one that has myself, Kyle, and Matt on the graphic as our favorite video game characters. Kyle looks like that dude from the Legend of Link games. And Matt looks like that idiot from the Kingdom Hearts games. The stupid-ass cringy games. And I'm on one of the, I'm, my character's from one of the best games of all time, Bloodborne. So it's awesome. <laughs> all jokes, of course. But just make sure you click on that one. That is where all of our new episodes are. 
those are how you can support us listening and clicking on those really helps us out and we really appreciate everyone that does do that you can also follow us on twitter at side mission pod you can follow us on tiktok under the same name and on facebook at side mission podcast they're all super easy to find they all they all pretty much use i want to say the same profile pictures i could be wrong on that am i Pretty sure they all use the same, yeah, profile, they all use pictures. The same profile pictures. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, bet. So yeah, they all use the same profile pictures. They're all super easy to find. You can follow all all four of us, all three of the us that are here, along with Matt, who decided to skip this episode. That fucker. Um, but you can follow all of us as well on social media. We're all annoying as hell, so just be prepared when you follow us. Just know what you're getting into. But that's gonna do it for our episode for Metal Hell Singer. For Kyle, for Thacker, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening. <laughs>